What is up, everyone? It is your host, Aaron Karanos, once again with an episode of the Karanos and Terzius podcast. And I'm with the main man, Karanos and Terzius. How you doing, bro? Doing great as always, buddy. Always. We're always doing good. I'm literally just been chilling this morning, reflecting my thoughts about this chaotic weekend, yeah. about what's going on in the state of football. What? We'll check that later on. That's yeah, just yeah, a little yeah. sneak peek. Sneak peek. But we're here to talk about some crazy games that went on this weekend. And enough chit-chat. Let's just dive into them, shall we? Let's do it. So, first we have... So, we apologize. I forgot we were doing our predictions, and I <laughs> forgot to include FA Cup games. So, I'm sorry, but literally, it was pretty good. Not gonna lie. It was yeah. really great. But, first game, the game that I thought was going to be, the, you know, totally different from what it came out, was Chelsea versus Man City. Chelsea came out with a 1-0 victory, possibly sneak peek to the Champions League final. Right. But, yeah, it was impressive from Chelsea. They... Their midfield looks solid. They outworked Man City in the midfield. You know, they had more chances, in my opinion. Man City really was just threats from, like, corners. They had a couple chances, but they weren't really clear. Right. But Chelsea just, they looked really good this game. Yeah, they did, you know. And uh, good to see the new signings that Chelsea had starting to play better. You know, Havertz been playing well. Timo Werner, well, he's, he does his thing, but yeah. can't Not finish. a lot. Timo Werner actually played really good this game. No, he did, yeah. Like he was impressing Man City's defense. Ruben defense couldn't cover him. Right. And I was like... Oof. And he and he assisted Ziyech's goal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, good to see Ziyech in the score sheet as well. Um, crazy, though. You know, totally off topic, but, you know, Tammy Abraham not really getting minutes. Uh, yeah. Being being left on the... Either on the bench or not even in the starting... Uh, in the, not in the starting lineups, but not even... In the squad itself, so yeah. kind of crazy. We'll see what happens with him, but you know, like you said, that's going to be some something else. But uh, but yeah, good for Chelsea. You know, they're 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 doing well under Thomas Tuchel. You know, they're in the FA Cup final, and then you know, obviously, still very alive in the Champions League. So so good for them. Yeah, great result. Yeah, good for them. Christian Pulisic actually had a goal at the very end. At the very end, yeah, but he was offside by like a good foot. So I, you know, he could, he, you know, he got subbed on later on in the game, and they could have, you know, made it two nil. But right. yeah, I don't know what was going on with Man City. They did not look convincing this game. They yeah. were their midfield looked like they were getting outworked by Conte right. and Jorginho. Maybe a little bit of fatigue, but they literally just they did not look good. This yeah, game. I think it's mostly fatigue, especially you know they were they were fighting for four different titles. So obviously they added the FA Cup, so they might be able to get some some more rest. But uh. I don't know. I think uh, Chelsea's been doing very well, and you know, Man City plays a very demanding style of football. They added, the, you know, a few, you know, a couple of demanding games playing uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, Chelsea, yeah, they. I feel like Porto didn't really take it to them as they did against Juventus. So, so definitely the games are a bit more lax. Um, so I think they, like you said, I think they're Man City were just a bit more fatigued, and uh, I still think they have. Uh, you know, obviously out of the Prem, excuse me, the FA Cup, but, you know, they're very much alive in the Prem. Well, in my opinion, I think they're going to win it. And then, uh, you know, very much alive in the Champions League. So they're probably focusing on that as well. You know, they've got PSG. So Yeah, that's a touch our task. Then, yeah. not going to lie, I would take, you know, Chelsea's route, you know, face Madrid oh, of course. over PSG. Because yeah. we obviously know what PSG can do. But, yeah, it was just, you know, their demand. Let me say plays is obviously demanding. A lot of, you know, running from the midfield and obviously right. I think their midfield just looked tired. Yeah. You know, De Bruyne looked tired. He just looked dead. Right. And I was like, yeah, but you know, they had chances to score this game, but hey, Chelsea's just, you know, they're more rested and right. obviously that's, you know, it plays a factor. Yeah, it plays a major factor cuz rest is always important, but right. yeah. But on to the second FA Cup game, which was Leicester versus Southampton. 
Leicester winning one nil. To be honest, Leicester they could have dominated this game. They oh, yeah. they could have won this game like two three nil. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Southampton really didn't do much. Yeah, this entire game. Um, Jamie Vardy missed a couple. I, I don't know what's going on with Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy's been out of form lately, and he's been missing some easy chances. Yeah, but cl- thankfully. Big boy Clutchy and Nacho coming in clutch. <laughs> what a season he's having. Yo, he's on fire. Yeah, he's killing it. Yo, Man City's looking like we regret letting him go and yeah. signing Gabriel Jesus. Because yeah. he's looking he's looking mad nice. Yeah. And it's getting to the point for me that I am enjoying Nacho a lot more than, than Gabriel Jesus. So <laughs> um, I think I think yeah. To be honest, like when he was at Man City, going each other was at Man City, he didn't, he didn't do bad. Yeah. You just didn't see him a lot, right? Because yeah. it was always I mean, Aguero. Aguero, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he wasn't gonna get that that playing time or or much when you got a you know such a pro- prolific player like Kun Aguero who makes a ton of money and you know he's gonna he's gonna want to play and you're gonna want to play him because he's one of the best strikers in the game. So so yeah, unfortunate for Ianacho, but but he's doing great in Leicester. That's and that's one of the great things too, being able to see you know a player like him leave you know man city go to i guess you can say a lower club but you know a still good enough club that can that can compete for for europe and compete for the prem fa cup as we see so uh i think it was a great move for him as well and yeah lesser you know yeah they could have put some more goals in southampton and could have probably seen another 9-0 but not this game <laughs> <laughs> i mean hey to be honest at least they could have scored three tillman yeah. tillman was dominating the midfield yeah. indeed he had chances i thought he could have put away but yeah they look they look good yeah yeah they didn't look too bad, so it's gonna be a great final. It's gonna obviously. be a fantastic final. Um, I, I think both teams. I think this final is gonna be a lot better than you know, like a like a Man City Leicester because we saw what Man City did to Leicester over uh, was it like last week I think during the mm-hmm. prem. Yeah, and Man City and Leicester literally did not have many chances at all. So I think this will be, or excuse me, I think Leicester didn't have many chances. So I think the this uh, Chelsea Leicester game for the FA Cup final. It's definitely going to be a lot more interesting, and it can't really go any any way. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be you know an open game. I think Chelsea, you know, obviously Chelsea has better quality players, but Leicester don't sleep on Leicester. Leicester they have nice players. Yeah. James Madison um, got subbed in this game. You know, good to see him. You know, be back in the squad because you know him with injuries at the beginning of the season he was you know stunning he was electrifying the league but you know obviously got injured but you know good to see him back on the squad and i'm glad that you know lester's in the final yeah yeah and uh you know like you said madison's been getting minutes so hopefully by the time it's FA cup final he'll be close to fully fit you know making a more interesting more interesting game hopefully jimmy Bo- jimmy vardy will be <laughs> a, you know be able to score some goals <laughs> Ian nacho has been on fire so them against chelsea who's has been struggling to put away some chances um, I think it could be really interesting, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. It's gonna be a really good final, and I'm hyped and excited. And this hopefully, game. we do not miss the final. Like we actually predict the final because oh, I gotta, yeah, I gotta yeah. make sure stand, start it on my calendar. Make sure I actually <laughs> put it in the prediction section. But yeah, it's gonna be a good final. So on to the other final that happened this weekend. And ugh, as Barca fans, what? Yes, four nil victory against Athletic Bilbao. Absolute domination this it. entire game we dominated this game yeah i loved every minute of it yeah the fr- i thought the first half was a bit sluggish um but i don't know what kuman or messi said at, you know at halftime but they came out firing in the second half in the first half it was pretty not much happened besides frankie de young hitting the post in my opinion and then after that it was it was the messi show for a good 20 minutes man and he just it was it was vintage messi which was which was great to see, you know, um, 
he was involved in all the goals, wasn't he? I think he was. Yeah, he scored two, and he went ahead and uh, he assisted one. He assisted Griezmann. He passed the yeah. He had the uh, he had the link up play. He played the ball through to uh, to Frankie. Mm-hmm. That ended up assisting uh, Griezmann's goal, and uh, he, he had Jordi. A, so Jordi Jordi Alba was one that assisted the the second goal, but he was he was around the mix, but he didn't get a touch on it. But yeah, but yeah he was like he, a, he, he like a decoy. Yeah, exactly. De Jong just, just swooped in and in. headed it in. So it was you know it was a great game from from the Barcelona team, or at least a great second half. Everyone looked great, in my opinion. You know, PK has been criticized a lot. Played, you know, an exceptional game. Um, the midfield, De Jong played great. I think when he was making those penetrating run forwards in the second half is what changed the game really. And obviously, Messi's brilliance, but Messi's first goal. Oh my gosh, that link could play with De Jong and then his ability just to dribble. You know, dip the shoulder, cut in, and just pass the ball in the back of the net. Oh, fantastic! It was it was fantastic, and you know. On the fourth goal, bro, they had like sixty passes. Yeah, like sixty 60, passes. It was sixty passes. That's like vintage Barca. Mm-hmm. And you know, this season we we're like, oh, can Barca's Barca still you know the same? This game they showed they ain't going anywhere. They're the same no matter what. Right. And I'm glad that you know, obviously, I think Dion playing more like a center mid, like a six, definitely helped them a lot more. Yeah. Well, not as a six, he's more of an eight. Right. Because a six is a CD, and that's Busquets. But you know, having Busquets healthy. You know, allowing him to get forward definitely helped him because, you know, this season he's mainly been playing like a six to like a center back even. Right. But allowing him to play as an eight allowed him to get forward and be involved in the attack definitely helped him, yeah. you know, get, you know, penetrate their Bilbao's back line and it just looked fantastic. Yeah, and I, and I think the, the big, you know, why Busquets has been so, so good, you know, in, this, in these recent games is the transition of the formation. I think the three... Five, uh, is it three? It's like three five three two. five two basically. Yeah. yeah. So with that formation, him just being able to sit in the middle and you know break down plays or distribute. You know, obviously he's he can't really play the four through three role anymore because he's just old. You know, he's he's not as quick as he was. He can't go up and down the field as much. Can't track as much room. Um, so I think ever since you know Coleman switched up the the style of play, it's definitely suited him a lot better. You know, especially having you know players like young players, fresh players like Pedri and De Jong around him, and then having uh, Jordi Alba and Des on the flanks just covering that ground as well. It's definitely helped him out a lot, so so good to see. Um, just, you know, just still pretty, you know, a lot of things been going on with football recently, but yeah, over the weekend I was buzzing. It was yeah. it was, it was great to, to win a trophy. You know, last year we were trophy list, so to see the players, you know, how happy they were, see Messi lifted the, club, the, the cup was, was great. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you saw the video, but there's a video of John Laporta in the dressing room after the after the game, you know, celebrating with all the players, dapping them up, and he was uh, singing the chants with them and everything. I like seeing stuff like that, you know. You want to see the the president involved, and you can tell he cares about, you know, the club. He was he was a president years ago. Had a great relationship with Johan Cruyff, so so you know, good to see that. Yeah, it's fantastic to see that. And not gonna lie, um, yeah, but it's been shaky because Griezmann he obviously got the first goal, but you don't see him. You know, we were questioning, you know, why is Griezmann not starting in these big games and all yeah. this stuff. And, you know, with Koeman giving him the green light to start in this game, just, you know, shows he has confidence in him. Right. And uh, at one point, I don't know if you remember, but he missed the the first little, the, you know, the easy tap-in that Unai Simon saved mm-hmm. off, of pass, uh, off of a pass from Dest. And we just kept missing chances. There was another one where Busquets had an open shot, and he, like, falls as he's shooting, and it comes off Simon's leg. 
And not gonna lie, you know, whenever it's my team playing, I'm like, it's just not meant to be today. It just the ball doesn't want to go in. But then when it's another team playing and I see them creating most, most chances, I'm like, oh, it's coming, it's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But, but yeah, good to see, uh, um, you know, four goals go in. I was actually watching the film at work. So. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> I literally was watching it on my computer, yeah. just had it up, and I was like, dang, like this is like amazing. But it's just good to see Barca play good football and, you know, yeah. So then they're still this they're still vintage Barca. Right. And, Me- and Sorry, you know, Messi still has, you know, stuff in him to you know you know, he's still the best player in the world and you can't oh, deny yeah. it. You can't deny it. And you just kinda have to feel bad for Athletic uh Athletic Bilbao as well. Because, you know, they lost the final against the the twenty twenty final against Real Sociedad, what, a couple weeks ago now? And then they lost uh you know, obviously this one in Barca, so they're definitely hurting right now. Yeah, they're definitely hurting. They literally had like what one shot? It was like yeah. in the 80th minute, like the 80th yeah. minute, and they had yeah. one shot on target. And I'm like, they had like what? It was like 20 something percent possession. Right. And I was yeah. like, Barca just completely steamrolled by them. It was. It wasn't even close. But yeah, it was just domination by Barca. We love to see it. And yeah, just you know, glad that we didn't go trophyless for back to back seasons because I think it would we would have gone crazy. Yeah, definitely. This one was the one that was in, that's in our hands for sure, or that was in our hands, just because we were you know. Um, in the final and I think what was impressive as well was the way that they won it you know there was what three games I think when they were behind the one against Rayo Vallecano they were losing the one against Granada when they mm-hmm. were down 2-0 had to score two goals in the 90th minute yeah. or the last nine minutes of the game and obviously you know coming back against Sevilla so this was for them to win you know like you can't <laughs> you can't just go through all that stuff and then choke in the, in the final so yeah. Um, good to see them not go down first and not have to pull themselves up and just be able to capitalize off the chances they had. Yeah. And you know they just played the better, you know, played a lot better football than 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 Bibel this game. They looked a lot more determined, a lot more hungry, and it looks like they were actually they're all working together as a unit. You know, and that's the nice thing too is that you have, you know, some youngins in the squad and and some older guys that that know how to win and have won so much throughout their career. career. That I think you know helps boost the the youngsters' confidence, especially in the final. You know, it, I think it makes all the difference. That's a perfect mix. You know, you got young players that are hungry and they don't want anything with the club, such as uh, you know, like uh, De Jong, uh, Pedri, even Griezmann, who's not that young, but you know he knows how to win games as well. Yeah. So putting all those guys in the mix, I think it was a, it was definitely a, a good thing to do from Kuman, and and you know I think it allowed them to to win this one. So. Yeah, I agree on that. I agree on that. But yeah, love to see his Barca fans trophy. Love it. Let's get it. Let's get it. That was good for La Liga. That was good. Well, sadly, we're not talking about games of the week (laughs) this week because of the news that has happened this weekend with the formation of the European Super League. So, brief insight of what the European Super League is. So, the European Super League is a, you know, a league. Well, obviously, it's a league. But it's a competitor to the Champions League, essentially where there's going to be 15 founding teams and five teams that qualify into this specific league. Majority of the teams are being the top heavy teams. Like there right now there's 12. Currently 12, there's yeah. 12. So the teams are Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Real Madrid, Barcelona sadly. <laughs> Atletico Madrid, um, Inter Milan, Juventus and AC Milan. Yeah, those are the twelve teams that are in the league um, right as of right now, and there may be more teams, you know, as we speak right now that may have joined. But it's just so it's pretty much those teams, and they're pretty much going to be playing in a league-based style through the 
season and pretty much is like a Champions League. So they right. play 10, you know, they say they play it's like six games. They're going to play in this during the season and then they go to the round of 16 and then quarterfinals and it's sort of like a Champions League. Right. But what stirred up a lot of controversy about this league is one, the timing of it. Yeah. Two, the bottleneck effect that this is having on lower league teams and the select um, selections that they have of the teams and just how they presented it, essentially. Yeah. But I want to get your thoughts on this league and what this means for, you know, moving forward. Um, I don't think... I, it's crazy because, like, there's just so much... We're, like, in the middle of this, right? So there's just so much going on and there's no clear solution like this isn't happening in our lifetime you know like there's death you know champions league has been around since 1950s and since the 1950s so yes they're like they've evolved that they've they've evolved that league you know throughout the years but no one's ever gone against it you know no one's ever been like okay but we want to create our own league and do this and that and so there's just so much going on right now and it just for me it's just like a cloud you know there's just so much being dumped in from from you know the fans the owners players you know wefa so it's like i feel like they like all just do this into like a tube and we don't know what the outcome is you know and i feel like that's the biggest thing right now is that you know you know wefa's come out and saying that players and 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 teams that participate in the super cup or the super league whatever the hell it's called they're going to be banned for, from their domestic leagues for life. You know, their players can't play in, in international tournaments such as the Euros or the World Cup. And let's not forget the Euros are this summer as well. And that, also, I don't know how they, how they would do that, you know, because the Super League, it wouldn't start until... So they wanted to start in August. So how would they ban the players that participate in this when they haven't played yet, you know? And what does that mean for future transfers, you know? Like, as a player, would you say this league happens, right? There's... There's, they want to get 15 teams. PSG apparently said no. Bayern Munich and Dortmund have said no, right? So who are they going to replace? What other teams are going to are they going to replace to make it 15 teams, right? And then, but yeah, like say they do go on and make this league and they get banned from 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 you know La Liga, Premier League, uh, Serie A. Like, what players are going to want to go there? You know, as a player, you, you know, you wouldn't want to go there. Because, you know, you want to play in those leagues. You want to go play in the FIFA World Cup. You know, you want to play in the Euros. You want to play in those big tournaments. Um, so it's just a lot of nonsense that's been going that's been going around for the last couple of days now. And, yeah, like yeah. you said, no, we were talking about this earlier. Like you said, Arsene Wenger said it, said it best, you know. These clubs are just, you know, money hungry and, and they don't care about anything else. But their pockets getting getting bigger and, and you know, Champions League is not going to be enough for them. So. Yeah, I agree on that. And... To be honest, like, the timing of it sort of just shocked me. Because, yeah. you know, when you look at it from a business perspective, yes. Oh, we're going to create this own league. And reportedly, these teams are going to be making $300 million just to enter the league. And that's, you know, an absurd amount of money, you know. And obviously, that's a lot compared to what the Champions League, which is, I think it's £110 million pounds, um, to be in the champ- Champions League. Yeah. And, you know, it's just baffling because... On top of what these clubs are making in leagues, in you know, let's say let's say uh, Real Madrid, you play in the Copa del Rey, right. you play in the Champions League, you play in the La Liga, the Liga you yeah. play 
you know, and if you let's say you win all of them, you play in the FIFA World Cup, the FIFA Cup World Cup, you play in all these tournaments, and for some reason, the money isn't enough for them to be able to, to you know, expand. Right. Like you need more money on top of all this right. to be able to, you know, feel like this is good. Like, you want, you know, a little extra, you want to do this tournament, this, you know, competition, this league, but you're risking all this right. and all that. And obviously, it's a, a serious disadvantage to such, you know, like, it's like these big clubs have all this money and these small clubs, they can't compete with them. Right. Like, essentially, they're getting an extra $300 million to do, you know, transfers, all this extra influx of money. And these lower clubs, they don't have anything. Yeah. And it's just like, let's say it happened, let's say this league happens and, you know, it's five years. That's how much, how many billions of dollars mm-hmm. that these extra clubs are just going to make. And then, they're, and, and then they're saying, you know, from, from the money that they do make, they're going to, you know, spread cash around throughout, you know, the respective leagues to, to make sure that the leagues continue and that these teams don't go under, you know. But, but yeah, you know, when, you, when, you, when you've got these teams that, have, that already make so much money, you know. And I was watching the, the Florentino uh, Perez interview on uh, El Chiringuito, whatever that show's called. It's on Fox Sports or whatever. Yeah. But I was watching it yesterday, and it was saying basically how... You know, these, for for instance, Madrid have lost so much money this year, right? Because of, because of COVID. And, but that's, but everyone's lost money, you know? And they're, obviously they, they, they rely on, on revenue that comes in from, from, you know, box seats, you know, seats that they sell and, and, and TV rights throughout Champions League. But, you know, that's, that's the risk that they took when they, you know, paid for, for, for these players. Like, you know, Hazard and a bunch of these players, you know, all these players that are on these huge wage bills. Same with Barcelona. These are risks that you guys have had, you know, that you guys decided to, to make. You you gambled for it, you know, and no one anticipated in COVID, which is why he said why this has anticipated our break off so much more. So, but, you know, you, you can't say that it's, you know, obviously losing out a lot of money, but every club is losing a lot of money, you know. It's not just them. Yeah. And Barcelona was in huge debt before this. You know, there was a huge scandal or a lot of talk about how Barcelona was a trillion, uh, what, a billion dollars in debt. Cause, uh, and, you know, they were saying, everyone was saying, oh, it's Messi's fault, this and that. But that was even before COVID. You know, this is terrible business done from the higher ups in the past, which has led to the majority of these clubs to, to, to suffer, at least now, especially with COVID. So, and the teams that really, that really need it, essentially, would be teams like, uh, like Barcelona, you know, Juventus. Uh, teams like that are the ones that need it, the ones that are really going under, you know, yeah. that are in so much debt. But, you know, teams like Man City, uh, Man United, um, I can't think of the other one, I forget. Wait, um, Arsenal? Uh, not Arsenal, but like teams like Man City, you know, Man United, teams with with owners that oh, have like a lot of money. Like United. Yeah, like United, yeah. that have a lot of cash flow, you know. Those teams don't necessarily need this, you know. Obviously, they lost a lot of money, but, but they're fine, you know. Yeah, so. yeah but it's just like... My thing about this as well is that the players weren't informed about this. It was right. all from what we've, what I've read, and I've seen on Instagram, I've seen on Twitter, I've seen on all these pundits, ESPN, ESPN, FC, and all this. That some of these players weren't even informed. Like the managers and players managers weren't, weren't, weren't informed yeah. about the decision. It's all these presidents and owners of these clubs that made this decision to go forward with this league, and it's just strictly greed that's all it right. is and it's just 
a slap in the face to us as fans because you know we you know we love barcelona like i love barca the dead i've been a fan since you know 05 when you know ronaldinho and all them were there but it's just like you made this decision just because you want to relieve your debt and you want an extra influx of money in your pocket and it's just like as a fan and us not being there it's just like the perfect time for them to do it and it's just like you know yeah imagine the uproar you know if they if they did this Imagine if they did this and, and COVID wasn't a thing, right? You know how much, you know, there'd be so many fans with like white flags and, and threatening to, you know, to to have the, the president's throne and stuff like that. Especially teams with, that has so many socios like Barcelona, Real Madrid. They would, oh my gosh, they would be crazy. Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool, like the Liverpool, Liverpool fans, fans are, are going insane right now. Yeah, because you know? Liverpool fans, they're, you never walk alone. That's their stand. 100%. You never walk alone. That's like the fans. Yeah. And then you got Barca's more, you know, Mescun Club, more than the club. But you're doing all this other nonsense. Like, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I feel like the the format is also... it's So what I don't understand too is the format, right? Like you have these 15 teams, right? Or whoever the other three are going to be. And then you've got these other five clubs that will essentially, essentially join you. Whether it's... And no one knows how, you know, it, it's going to be whether they win the Champions League whether they win their like their, their domestic leagues, whatever international, well not international, um, uh, you know, what other tournaments that they can be involved in that would essentially have have them go into the into the Super League, right? But then you've got teams like you know, and if the, this does happen next year, like you have teams like Liverpool, you know, uh, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, like Arsenal, Tottenham. There's in my opinion, there's no way they're going to reach the top four, you know, and you've got them in the Super League. And what's going to happen to, you know, to teams like West Ham, Leicester that are in the top four flight, you know, this season? I don't know. So it's just like baloney because like Arsenal's not even in, they're in the Europa League. Yeah. Man United's in the Europa League. Right. AC Milan got knocked out. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like. Inter Milan didn't even make it to the group stages. Exactly. So like, how are you considering. I'm sorry, not the group stages. They got knocked out in the group stages. Exactly. So how's like, how are you considering this league the best of the best when these teams can't even win in Europe? Right. Like they can't, they're not even the best of the best in Europe, like in the Champions League and Europa League. Right. And it's just like, how are you going to create this league where it's like you're going to portray the best of the best? Right. Like Ars- Arsenal has been historically good since like 10 years ago. 10 years ago. They haven't been Tottenham good. Tottenham hasn't been good historically since five years ago. So it's like, how are you going to say, we're going to the selection process between the teams, how are you going to say this is the best? you know, for these teams. It's just, it just blasphemy for me. And from my understanding, you know, from what I've read and, and have seen, they've done, they've chosen these teams because they have the most following around the world. So, even though, you know, Tottenham aren't playing well, so the, the, so the bigger teams that aren't playing well, honestly, a lot of them aren't besides Man City, Man United currently, Real Madrid, their, their followings are, are based on how good they were in the past, you know. Arsenal was a powerhouse club in England, I mean, they still are, but, they're just not playing. They don't play well. They don't have the players that they used to do. They don't have, they don't have you know, Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry Henry, players like that. You know, so their following comes from a lot of from the past. So you've got Tottenham, Arsenal, uh, you know, AC Milan, Inter Milan. They have a big following because of what they did in the past. You know, currently they're not playing well. So just because more teams watch them, you know, and 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 pay attention to their games, they they're the ones that are basically. In Champions League, they're the ones that people want to watch, basically, right? So, the fact that they are uh, 
so the fact that they do that, basically, all those teams just want a, want a bigger piece of the pie from you know the money that UEFA gives out in the Champions League. So that's just from what I read. That's what I've that's what I've gotten to understand. But yeah, I think it's just it's more of like a it's more of like a robbery, really. Yeah, you know, they're 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 robbing from the other clubs to to you know to playing games and to and to experience. You know, we're not we wouldn't experience things like how we saw Leicester win the win the Premier League anymore. You know, that wouldn't be as exciting because the only thing you know that would matter would be the those 15 teams in, in the Super League or whatever so yeah it's just like you know things and there's a lot of things to talk about and there's just so much gray area because we don't know what way it's going to turn out so mm-hmm. yeah speaking about like gray areas like transfers and the development of clubs that was going to be heavily impacted as well because right. like I said the influx of money that these clubs are getting in 300 mil just to play in a league and yeah. on top of what you already play in and all that it's going to be such a disparity between these top teams and these lower teams yeah like that's like these lower teams are making this money yeah and these other teams are getting all this extra revenue and they're so massive they're just like you know how is that going to even correlate with like transfers like lower teams aren't going to be able to compete with these larger teams and when it comes to getting the best players and oh yeah no all this so it's just like it's just creating a, such a monopolistic there's gonna be such a big gap between both of them yeah so it, it, it would be it would be ridiculous you know they would be trying to get all the best players all the time. And like you said, the, the lower teams wouldn't be able to compete with that. It just, I don't know, it just makes sense. Like it's like literally stopping grassroots teams. Like teams that we, like grassroots teams, these lower division teams, it's right. pretty much isolating them from that. Right. And I just yeah. find that annoying. Like that's just... It's messed no. up, you know, because, you know, you want to compete. You know, even if you're a lower ranked team, you want to compete with the best. You know, you want to play against those teams. And you want to have the underdog story, you know. So you wouldn't be having that anymore. And I feel like it, it hits a lot harder, and especially like in, in, in Europe or in England, because a lot of those places, you know, they have so many teams, and they have so much pride in them, and their teams are, you know, things that they look forward to over the weekend, you know, to play against Man City, to beat them, you know. Like, a couple of days ago, Leeds, the team that just got promoted into the into the Prem again after so many years, they beat Man City, you know. They beat them, what, 2-1, I think, in mm-hmm. the 90th minute, you know. Like, those, you would be missing games, missing out on games like that, you know. And the crazy thing is, is that, uh, you know, you've got a lot of players and, and managers coming out saying, you know, that they're against it, you know, and and it really does just show you that it was just from the presidents or from the higher ups of their club. And they decided to to make this decision and not even consult managers, players, no one. So yeah, it's just like crazy because like this is literally like the state of football. Like football is about competing and being able to, you know beat a team like Man City, being a team like that. But now it's just like, there's no reach for them yeah. anymore. It's just like, they're going to have be so rich, they're going to be so controlling of everything that goes on in your football in Europe. It's yeah. just like... It's like they would take over the power, essentially. Essentially. It's just like, what what's the point? Like, yeah. if I go up against, you know, Barcelona, I'm not, or like AC Milan or Liverpool, I'm pretty much... You know what's the point? Yeah, it's not exciting anymore. And going to the league structure is just like the games will become so dull. Yeah, like the thing that we love about the Champions League, or even like the Prem games, or like certain La Liga games, Serie A games. You know, is go ahead. But like, like I think what you're gonna say is that you can, you know, you have a couple of those games throughout the season. You know, I, I don't want to see. Edo Clasicos, you know, in one year. Like, that would be so boring. I remember back in 2011 when Barcelona and uh, and Real Madrid were going at it back-to-back in the, in the Copa del Rey 
La Liga, and even the Champions League, you know, I got to the point where I was like, all right, here's like the, the sixth one or the fifth one. This is getting a little boring. So imagine that throughout the whole, throughout the whole course of a league, you know, that would be, that would that be awful. Yeah, that'd be awful. It's just like that's what we like about Champions League because like, you like Chelsea and Madrid. Fun fact: Chelsea and Madrid have never faced each other in a knockout stage. They've yeah. never faced each other. Like you never get that. Yeah. Like you rarely like PSG, Man City. You rarely get that matchup. I don't right. think Man City and PSG have faced each other in groups in a knockout stage either. Right. So these teams haven't faced each other in a knockout stage. Right. That's exciting. And Ferdinand and Perez saying that, you know, oh, the Champions League is only interesting when you reach the quarterfinals. We had Chelsea, Atletico Madrid. We had Porto knock out Juventus in the round of 16. Yeah, Barca, PSG. Barca, PSG. How is that not exciting? Yeah, and for him to come in and say that, you know, that the group, at, the, group the knockout stage isn't exciting. It's like, bro, even your team almost got knocked out. And you, you qualified in the last round of the group stages. Like, you can't just, you can't just go out there and say that. Yeah, of course, obviously... Playing a lower rank, a lower ranked team like a, I don't know, like Savio Prague, Savio you know, like a Dinamo Zagreb, you know that those games aren't aren't the best, but but you know, but just to come out and say that these that the best way to make the most money for t- you know, especially during you know for TV is to have all these teams playing constantly. It's like that will that will get so dull, you know. Like it's gonna be so dry. Yeah, like, super like, dry. Oh, here comes another Liverpool Man City game. Right. Like it's like all right, yeah, we saw this one what two month a month and a half ago. Yeah, it's like here we go. Oh, again. here's another PSG <laughs> ver- you know like a another Clasico. Oh, here comes a Madrid derby. Like the Madrid derby happens twice a year. Right. That's exciting. We don't want to see a Madrid derby. Like back to back weeks, and it's just an, like it doesn't make sense to me. Right, and then Florentino Perez also said in his interview that that forty uh, percent of sixteen to twenty four year olds have lost interest in football. That's dead. And he believes that that um, games should be shorter and not ninety minutes. It's like, bro, you teams have to get into the game. You know, you can't, you can't. I mean, I'm, how how would you? This isn't you know, this isn't baseball. This isn't or football. This isn't something that goes on for for essentially four hours, five hours. You know that those that's boring in my opinion. But a ninety minute game, 45, 45, I think it's the perfect amount. There's nothing better than that, you know, because teams also have to warm up into the game. You know, you can't just go hard from from the start. You have to each other out. If not, you'll get exposed, and you you know, that's just not the way football is played. So, the fact that he said that. We need shorter games as well. To me, is absurd. It makes absolutely no sense. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And he's the president of the league. And he's the president. And he's got you know, Agnelli and um, I forget the other guy's name from Manu. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I know the Manu owner. Uh, Glazer, yeah. yeah. Glazer mm-hmm. and so Glazer's like the co. Glazer and Agnelli like are co-presidents, basically vice presidents, mm-hmm. co-chairmen yeah. of of the of the Super League. So. Literally, I don't know what what money to say. Hungry people. Just money hungry people that literally just want to ruin the excitement of football. Because, yeah. like we said, like the excitement of football comes from you know having these matchups that you rarely see, and yeah. the response to that, in my opinion, is just absurd. And I'm like, you can't expect to not get repercussions from this. Like you're gonna yeah. like, and I feel personally, I feel bad for the players because oh, yeah. the players like. We shouldn't slaughter slaughter the players because, like Bruno Fernandez said, uh, money doesn't. What is it? Uh, dreams you can't. Dreams dreams can't be bought. Dreams can't be bought. Dreams can't be bought. 
Dreams can be by. Yeah. Dreams cannot be by. I can't believe that was an actual sentence that he said. But dreams can't <laughs> can't be cannot be by. Yeah. And he said that, and I was like, that's literally spot on. No one told him that it was. It should have been bought. <laughs> I mean, hey, give him a break. He's, he's only been, been he, yeah, he's, he's only been yeah, in England. Exactly he's only right. been in England for a year, so you know he can't slaughter him for, for sure. that. But yeah, I mean, he's spot on. You can't buy, you know, these dreams of right. having you know matchups that shouldn't be happening. Right. And I like how uh I was one of the first ones that came out as well cuz the way that I see it from his point of view as well, you know, he came he came from Letic Bilbao. So, he, you know, he did play those big games against Barcelona, against Madrid, and you know, whether they tied, lost or 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 or, uh, or won, you know, it's a dream to play against those teams, you know. And and the fact that you know, he he played I think he played in a couple of uh of of Copa del Rey finals against him, you know, to be able to do that kind of stuff is rewarding as as, as itself as a player, you know. And if and if um, they didn't beat him, but you know, imagine the, the joy and happiness just to actually play against those players and to play in the cup final, you know. So I don't know what's going on. Man. Yeah, it's just like the joy of football is slowly dying, in my opinion. Yeah, like with this, if this league goes through, I think football would just be like done. Yeah, like literally, this is the end. Like I'm just scared of what what can what the outcome will be. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, the Champions League have also announced yeah, that they're switching, it up. they're switching it up. Like they're not doing um like in 2024, what they announced this yesterday, yesterday night, that they were gonna have 36 teams, and they're getting rid of the table style. So it's yeah. not gonna be like. Group A, B, C, D, all the e, way to like H. All the way to H. It's not going to be like that anymore. It's going to be essentially sort of like the Super League, where it's a league-based um, like game, like type of style. Where okay, you play, and the teams play a minimum of ten games. So that's plenty of revenue for these clubs to you know satisfy their means and all that. Now you get a minimum of ten Champions League games, and then in the first half of the season, the winners of you know the top half. They go on to the round of 16 like knockout and stage. Yeah, knockout stage and sort of how it is today with, you know, the bracket and all that. Right. And I'm just like, with the Super League being out, like, like why isn't that satisfy you? Like, I think that will satisfy, as a Champions League, I think that will satisfy me a lot more than a Super League that's like that. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, their comeback with that is saying how much they've lost due to COVID. Or how much more they lost due to COVID, so they need to accelerate the process, and that's why they're making the Super League, and are not willing to wait until the Champions League to do it in 2024. So and I'm just like, that's BS. Like, there's literally clubs that have four loan players. They've taken loans just to survive grants that they have to take to order just to survive, just to make sure they have the doors still open for the players to you know play and all that. And I just find that to be baloney. I just find this to be absolutely disgusting. Like, I watched Gary Neville. Yeah, he went off. Yeah, he went off. And I agreed with everything that he said. And he was like, this is disgusting. I'm a United fan. I've been a United fan for 40 he's years. Like the biggest, obviously, he played there. And he's like the biggest United fanboy. So. Yeah, and he's like, I'm disgusted by this. Like, United was, like, most of these clubs were built by, like, work. Most of the Penn teams were built by, like, yeah. like poor. Like, yeah. the poor people, like, working, workers. Working people, yeah. And, like, these rich people are just taking their club from them and stripping them of, like, the pride that makes them a club. And that's, like, what's somewhat annoying because you're taking away what major club, what they are. 
and that's just like you know that's not right in my opinion yeah. by these business owners and business people right because mm. as a business like i said i can see both sides of it from yeah business exactly. side, i can see both sides of it like from a good business side like okay yeah it doesn't make it makes it make it makes sense right but then from a fan and as a player as well and to put myself in those shoes you know i would it's it's, it's completely different there's 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 both sides to look at and they have to come to an agreement in my opinion if not you know who knows what the outcome is going to be it's going to be it's going to be crazy yeah like literally that's why we didn't do games of the week this week because most of the teams we talk about are these big clubs like juventus like ac milan like inter milan like barca well barca we talked about copa de but copa de is different from um uh you know like uefa or champions league and all that and league um real madrid we didn't cover those games because you know they accepted those right. proposals and i'm not standing for that and i think a really good point that you know a lot of people have made this point but the ones that have that paid more more mind to was from shaka hislop and from patrick bamford as well mm-hmm. when they both stated saying you know how you see how wafa has erupted over this right when it comes to to racial abuse and racism in football the the sanction aren't sanctions aren't as high mm-hmm. and how lenient they are so i don't think wafa is so i think that everyone's at fault with this i think wafa's at fault i think the presidents are at fault i think it's a it's a combined you know it's it's a whole group of people that are at fault for this you know because you know obviously the, the the teams want to leave and stuff like that but to see the leniency on the racism aspect of the game and how hardly anything ever gets done but as soon as something like this happens, it's like World War Three is about to start. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. So I think UEFA itself has proven a lot to its to its followers as well, how you know they need to do better with 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 racism and they need to take bigger sanctions, just like how they're doing with this. You know, yeah. so telling a player that that oh you're banned for for ten games for racially abusing someone, but you're banned for life if you go play in the Super League. I think is also unacceptable. I agree on that. There's just two opposite ends of the spectrum. And, you know, Wayfoot looks bad on this as well. So I think they, they every, every party's at fault for yeah, this. Yeah, Wayfoot and FIFA look really bad for this. Like, you know, racism is obviously in top, you know, we don't accept racism in this sport. And it shouldn't be accepted in the sport. No but it's just the fact that. And that's what makes this, this, this sport so great is that it combines people. It combines people from different religions, different, you know, colors of skin, ethnicities. And you create a bond and a brotherhood by playing the game, you know, whether it's from a, being players that play the game or, or fans that watch it, you know, that it, it's a unity, you know, and that's what's so beautiful about the sport and what I love about it so much as well. But, you know, racism is, is unacceptable as well in in, yeah. in, in the game and it's got to go away, man. Yeah, it's got to go, to be honest, like... You need to be stricter. Yeah, they have to be way stricter and to the, you know managers and owners and not even managers the owners and businessmen it just shows that uefa needs to really work on their financial fair place you know financial fair play legislation you know maybe incorporate a salary cap so these teams don't have to go billions and billions of dollars in debt maybe incorporate you know better investments and maybe you know but in my opinion i think they create they need to create a salary cap because the way there's like no cap, there's no. no there's no cap. You can have whatever cap you want in football, in these football clubs, and these businessmen, they need to create some sort of cap that these teams are like, okay, 
this is your cap. You can't go over, like in football, in American football. They regulated so much more. They regulate like the regulations that they have in American football are insane. It's like okay, you can't go over this amount of money. If you're over this money, you need four little players to different clubs and all that. Easy as pie. But in football, there's nothing like that. It's just get as many. You know, if you want the best players, you can go ahead and get the best players. And they need to just be more financially paying really step this up because and UEFA needs to step this up because these teams are just going to continue doing this yeah. and they're just going to take over everything and it's not right yeah I agree it's crazy well I just don't understand like yeah. what just scary because of what could happen yeah because it's like again there's just so much gray so we don't know what can happen and I think also yesterday so when I woke up yesterday I saw a post that Barcelona posted because I get the messages at 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. that said that they're one of the founders of the Super League as well. And I feel like that's one of the, the things that suck about it. And I, I guess why I want to see want to see them work it out. Because, you know, I don't want to see my team banned from Champions League. You know, I don't want to see, see the team that I support not be able to play in their domestic leagues. I don't think it's possible because of, obviously, from, for, from, like, from a legal standpoint, I don't think it's possible. But, you know... Just having that thrown out there, and as a fan, you're like, "Oh shoot, man! Like, what the heck's gonna go on?" You know, yeah. you know. I've, I've grown up watching Champions League. I look forward to Champions League. That's the reason why I have Tuesdays and Wednesdays off is so I can watch and enjoy Champions League. You know, I enjoy La Liga. I enjoy both the Prem, Serie. I enjoy. You know, there's just so much, so much joy that comes from football, and the fact that it's kind of at a pause right now, and no one really knows what's gonna happen is 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 scary yeah that's a scary thing because you know there's so much going on new info is being you know spewed out yeah literally like every minute there's new info coming out new info and we're just like we haven't seen anything like this in our lifetime where clubs segregate from everyone else (laughs) and just create their own you know their own league that hasn't been happening ever and it's just you know i don't know what's going to happen i've seen sources say that um, the Prem Clubs are going to meet with UEFA later this week. Yeah. Hopefully they can come to some resolution because, you know, hopefully they all come to a resolution because, you know, with this going on, the joy of football is just drained. Yeah. Like, I don't feel the same about watching these clubs anymore. Yeah. And even, well, minus Barca because, you know, I'm a hardcore Barca fan. I, you know, it just sort of drains everything out of it. And you're just like, you know, I don't want to watch these games anymore. Yeah. And the crazy thing, too, is, you know, like with... These clubs, like this, they still want to play in their domestic leagues. You know, Boyf was saying, no. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no. You can't. <laughs> exactly. So it's but, I don't think they can do it, but I don't yeah. know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully but. they can just, hopefully this, they're just, you know, playing a big poker match and trying to catch someone's bluff and figure something out. Mm-hmm. Figure, figure something out soon so that everything can go back to normal. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, this whole crazy year we've had with COVID, you know, we see some fans in the stands shortly or you know, a short amount of fans in the, or small amount of fans in the, in the, in the stands. So hopefully we'll start seeing that again and things will be able to go back to normal soon, but one can only hope. And, uh, yeah. Well, on, so, the, on a brighter side of things, there were some really funny memes about this. Yes, they were very. Especially the ones going towards, uh, Arsenal top. <laughs> about getting dogged, getting dogged in the, uh, in the, in the Super League if they end up do playing this yep. and doing this. They'll be <laughs> absolutely demolished. Yeah. And speaking of Tottenham, they even fight Jose Mourinho. And I think Jose Mourinho... And that's the crazy thing, too. That was one of the, the, the biggest things. Biggest things. Literally, it got overshadowed. Jose Mourinho firing got overshadowed by this. By this, yeah. And I, to be honest, I think it's 
linked to that to the Super League, I think he got fired. Not because they were. I mean, Tottenham, they've been playing okay. They tied. They came out with the statement saying that it wasn't linked to it, but I think it was. You think so? I think. I think because Jose Jose Mourinho is a classic. I think he's like football. Even though I don't like Jose Mourinho as manager, I think he's like a true football fan. I think he knew he's like Arsene Banger. Like they grew up. You know, I think they're. They coach around the same time. They're in the prime at the same time. I think he's like Arsenal. He's like, I know this is gonna happen, and I think he just didn't stand for it. And I think at the end of the day, I would hope he wouldn't stand for it because his his Porto side, no one suspected them to win the Champions League back exactly. in 04. Exactly, they were the true underdog story. Exactly, and so. you know, I think he that sort of played a little bit with it. But yeah, yeah that just got completely overshadowed by this, and it's just like crazy. Yeah, wow. Well, and then yeah. Ryan Mason's taking over for the remainder of the year, and mm-hmm. then. Tottenham's going to announce a new coach in June. Yeah, so. but hopefully y'all understand why we didn't do games of the week um, this week because this is literally everywhere. Like Every minute we're getting new updates and everything. Yeah. So, you know. Constant updates on, on reporters saying this and that and something else came out and a coach going against it, a coach not wanting to talk about it, players coming out with new things, so... So, yeah, hopefully you understand. And also, we want to, you know, sort of boycott talking about these big clubs because as fans, we don't want to see the joy just being stripped away from us. Yeah. And, you know, we want to, you know, hell, maybe on Thursday, we, some might come out. That's going to change everything. But, yeah, something might come out today. Something might come out tomorrow, Thursday morning. So. Yeah. So, hopefully y'all understand why we didn't talk about games of the week this week because literally it's massive news like it's the biggest news probably in modern football history yeah for sure and that's honestly there's 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 gonna be a change you know it's it's not gonna, i don't think it'll go back to normal as to how it was just because you know even even you know super league someone's gonna someone's gonna get fined massively for this whether it's all the 12 clubs, the chairman of the new Super League, or something. Someone's going to get fined. Someone's going to get banned or something. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be... It's definitely going to shock the football world. It definitely has shocked the football world. So we'll see what's going yeah. to go on and what's happening. Yeah. So, so yeah. We'll keep you all posted. We'll keep you all posted. Support your local, you know, even if you support a big club, you know, support these lower clubs. Support grassroots teams. Support them because, you know, the lifeline for them may be draining to the end. So, you know, support local clubs. So that's essentially what I'm saying. Support your local team. Support your grassroots teams. You know, invest in these smaller teams because, you know, they might be on the way out. So that's why we stand with, we're against it. We don't like it. We stand for the lower clubs. And that's, that's it. Yeah, man. That's it. That That's the episode, y'all. Hopefully y'all enjoyed it. You know, it's we keep you posted about what's going on. But yeah, we just couldn't do games of the week this week because, you know, we wanna make a statement. You know, we don't want to talk about these big teams all the time. We wanna support the lower leagues and lower teams and you know, that's how it you know, if it's this is how it's gonna be, I'm fine with that. This is this is Aaron's first heartbreak, so <laughs> <laughs> the heartbreak of football. Yes. Yes. But yeah, all that right. Chris, any final words for the people? Uh, you know, KTP, baby. KTP, baby. We love y'all. Stay safe and peace. Peace out.